0: hey what's up church at home it's pastor josh here man it's so good to be with you guys today i hope wherever you're at uh man you're just settled in and ready to receive the word of god i'm excited to be with you over these next couple weeks i actually get to spend some time uh with you over this little mini series that i've entitled stressed out and i'm sure it's not going to be applicable uh, to any of you because you're managing your stress super well through the holiday seasons so maybe i'm just preaching to myself but i hope I hope that this is helpful to you. Uh, As we learn to kind of manage stress in a a biblical way, because the Bible actually has a lot to say about this topic. I'm sure you crushed Thanksgiving, right? We're in between that holiday season. I'm sure that was great. I'm sure the in-laws were not stressful at all. I'm sure hosting everybody at your house was like a piece of cake. And obviously I'm being facetious, but I, I really believe that we need to learn how to manage this thing called stress, because I see it derail. So many Christians in their lives that they they don't really know how to handle it or where to bring it. And we want to actually look at the scripture today and see what God has to say about it. The Apostle Paul uh, definitely lived a stressful life, right? The Apostle Paul had his ups and downs, imprisoned, out of prison, beaten, shipwrecked. Like this guy, if you wanted a resume for stress, he had one. He had reasons to stress. And, and what I love about Paul, he actually, uh, lets us in on his kind of secret in Second Corinthians of how he's handled this, how he's dealt with stress in his life. And as I thought about this term stress, the, the word, I don't know why this term kept popping up in my head over and over, it called the stress test. And and I I felt like maybe God was just bringing that to mind, and I was like, man, I gotta I gotta look into that. What that is? I had a faint memory of, of what that might be, but a stress test is actually a test they do on your heart to check your heart and how it performs during high intensity like exercise or or stress, and so uh, hence the term stress test. So then I thought about this: how interesting is it that that stress in our lives, when we're stressed, it actually reveals how our heart's doing kind of on a spiritual level as well. And the Apostle Paul says this. This is going to be on the screen for you. Check this out. This is 2 Corinthians 4, verses 8 through 10. Talk about a stress test here. He says, we're pressed on every side by troubles. You could, you could sum out that word pressed for stressed. We're stressed on every side by troubles, but we're not crushed. We're perplexed but not driven despair we're hunted down but never abandoned by God we get knocked down but we get up again I know you wanted to sing that song I for whatever reason that keeps popping into my mind too when I read that we get knocked down but we're not destroyed through suffering our bodies continue to share in the death of Jesus here's the secret so that the life of Jesus may also be seen in our bodies this is going to be kind of a cheesy pastor thing to tell you. But I thought about this. Maybe maybe when we face stress in our lives, it's a test. And maybe that test could turn into a testimony. That, that we don't actually have to fail that test when it comes. We can actually succeed and, and, and manage that stressful situation well. And manage the in-laws well. And manage the, the chaos of the holidays well. And actually enjoy what God's meant for us to enjoy. To actually enjoy his peace and his presence and and all the good things that we're supposed to be enjoying around this season. But we find that the holidays actually can bring out the worst in us. Because you know you're going to have to see so-and-so at that party. You know that, that, that you're going to run into that in-law, a.k.a. your mother-in-law probably, right, that has all of these expectations on you, that, that you walk into that house or they walk into yours, and, and you've, you've cleaned that thing with a toothbrush. You've, you've seen grout that you've never seen before, right? You've taken the fine-toothed comb, and you've cleaned. And, and, and all of that because of an expectation maybe others have on you. We're going to look at four stressors over these next couple of weeks together that I, I really think are, are, are our main stressors in life. And you might find other ones, but these, as I was doing some research, were the top four that we really have to confront. And actually, the Bible has a lot to say about these things. And the first one is this. It's the expectations of others. I kind of gave it away just a moment ago. It's the expectations of others. This is what Solomon, the wisest man to ever live, pens these words in Proverbs. Check this out. This is Proverbs 29, the first half of the verse of 25. He said, fearing people is a dangerous trap. And you're like, well, hold on, Pastor Josh. Like, I'm not afraid of my mother-in-law. She's like 5'2", and like, I could totally take her. I'm not encouraging you to fight your mother-in-law. That's not what we're talking about. What I am saying, though, is that you may fear the opinions of others. That, that may bring a lot of stress into your life. You may be stressed about the expectations that they have on you that you might not measure up. That you might actually doubt your, your value if you're, if you're worth it. Or are you... You have value. Like people will say things in these contexts at times that will just totally demean you and, and tear you down. That The wisest man ever to live pens these words. He says, hey, fearing people is actually, it's a dangerous trap. Fearing their opinions, fearing that you won't fit in, fearing that you won't measure up, maybe that you're not enough. That kind of fear brings quite a bit of stress into our lives, I love what Dr. John Maxwell has to say about this. He says, if you worry about what people think of you, it's because you have more confidence in their opinion than you have of your own. I'm going to read that one more time because that's really good. If you worry about what people think of you, it's because you have more confidence in their opinion than you have of your own. That's why Solomon said, fearing people is a really dangerous trap. Fearing the the expectations, the weight of those things, it's a dangerous, dangerous trap. But he actually gives the antidote and the solution inside of that verse too, because I only read the first portion of that verse. He says, fearing people is a dangerous trap, but let's take a look at the second half of that verse. He says, but trusting the Lord means safety trusting the Lord means safety, and you're like, Whoa, wait, wait, how, how does trusting God in that moment relieve me of my stress and, and relieve me of that, that fear I have or the opinions of other people? How, how does that work? And I have to think, we we, we got to look into actually the meaning of what Solomon is saying here, because that word safety literally meant to take a higher position to take a higher position, that that God actually wants us to rise above the stress and remind ourselves that what he thinks about us is the most important thing. That the expectations and the opinions and all of the, the stuff that people throw on to us, he says, no, 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 I want you to rise above that and remember to trust in me. Trust what I have to say about you. Trust my opinion of you. Trust what my word says. About you, that you wouldn't be controlled, stressed out by the opinions of others. He's talking not not about a physical safety, but an emotional safety, that we're not to fear people because it's a dangerous trap, but trusting the Lord means safety. We'll, We'll be kept in a place that's above the stress above the opinions of others, above the devaluing words that they might try to speak over us in a place where we can be emotionally secure. Now, I'm going to tell you this right off the bat. These, these messages are going to be a little shorter because I'm only going to give you about half of the message today, and you got to come back next week to get the rest of it because I actually want to give you some really practical steps next week about how we're actually going to combat these things as well. But the second stressor that I want to deal with today is this. I see this rule people's lives so much so, and I couldn't come up with a better term than jam-packed schedules. Jam-packed schedules. This was fascinating. I did some research on this, and just the, the pace of life nowadays seems to just be kind of spiraling out of control. And the people and their busyness, especially around the holidays, right? This gets elevated. We're running around to, to Black Friday deals, and we need to go to the in-laws, and we need to go see the other family, and we need to go see friends, and we, gotta, we have all this stuff going on. And jam-packed schedules can be such a source of stress. In our lives. Check this out. This was a a research article I found. This was wellness.com. Research indicates that individuals, or that an individual's perceived level of busyness may be heavily connected to their self worth. I'm gonna pause there for a second. Research is indicating now that busyness is being connected to our self worth. It says, as well as how others view their status. Individuals who are busy by choice may feel needed, in demand, and important, thus elevating their feelings of self-worth. It goes on to say this, culturally, there's been a shift in status perception in that material objects and goods are no longer the only indicator of one's social standing, but now individuals who are busy at work are overworked and have a real lack of leisure time are actually perceived as higher status. When I read those words, they like jumped off my computer screen at me in an alarming way. Because what we've done, we've allowed the stressor of a jam-packed schedule to completely come in and take hold of our life to the point where it seeped into our very identity that if I'm busy, I can find my self-worth in that, that I must be in high demand, I must be important. If I'm busy, other people will perceive me as important. If I jam-pack my schedule, and I just don't have time for anything else, right? That's such a, a thing in the business world, right? Some of you business owners out there, it's like, I don't even have time for that. People are like, oh, it's almost a, a thing of reverence and fear. Oh, he must not have, have time for that. It's so sad. I've shared this, but as a pastor, you know, people will will, will come up to us for counseling or or want biblical counseling and just sit with a, a pastoral consult type thing, and they want to just sit with us and talk. And I have so many people over and over and over again that apologize. They're like, Pastor Josh, I'm so sorry to take your time. I'm so sorry to take your time. What a sad thing that is, that people are apologetic about sitting with their pastor and just processing life and processing spiritual truth and Processing their growth. But, but maybe it's because we've believed that our, our, our busyness has made us so important, that we're inaccessible, that I'm too, too over, overloaded and jam-packed. It's actually allowed me to catch myself now sometimes when people are asking me, hey, can we meet, can we meet? And I'm like, man, I got a, a busy week. I'm, I'm trying to reframe that and say, man, I've got a full week, but I want to find time. I want to make time. Let's do that, let's prioritize that together, jam-packed schedules. You know who we see managed this so well in his own life, right, this shouldn't be any surprise to us, but Jesus, Jesus did this so well. Managed the stressor of a jam-packed schedule of people all around him, crowds cramming in around him, wanting him, needing him. How easy would that have been for the savior of the world to let that go to his head and his ego? To let them think, you know what? Yeah, I am Jesus. I am pretty important. But over and over and over again, you see him stop, slow down. He, he's with people in the moment. He stops crowds to minister to somebody individually. And we see Jesus also model what it looks like to pull away from a jam-packed schedule and actually walk in. Emotional, spiritual, relational health because he says, no, no, I need to go away and be with my father. I, I need to get away and actually be with my Father. I need to go away and be with my disciples. You see him over and over again through Scripture. There's, there's a couple different contexts of how it plays out, but he's alone with his Father. So in other portions of Scripture, it says angels come and minister to him. I don't know what that looks like, but I want like the replay in heaven. Like Angels just come down and are like encouraging them and like firing them up, and like, Jesus, you can do this. Then other times he brings the disciples in. Sometimes it's all 12 of them. Sometimes it's just his his close inner circle, of the three, Peter, James, and John. But Jesus knew, if I'm gonna beat this thing called stress in my life, if I'm not gonna be ruled by this, if I'm not gonna live a stressed out life, I need to retreat and get away. The Apostle Paul says this in Philippians. This won't be on the screen for you. I just wanna read this out. This is Philippians 4, 6 through 7. He says, don't be anxious about anything. But in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. So we have to be intentional to pull away, to get rest, to be with our Father to pray and get the things off of our chest that we need to get off of our chest. We need to take that time spiritually to invest in ourselves and invest in in our, our family and those around us, that close inner circle that we've brought in. I'm going to speak a little bit about that next week, but it's so critical that you find that tribe, you find that group of people to do life with and to speak even into those stressful moments and remind you of the truth of God's word. So what do we do with a jam-packed schedule? Well, you let the phone ring, <laughs> the chores can wait, uh, your social media could probably use a break, anyways. And I, and I want to remind you today that those things aren't eternal. That that those things will, in the end, have little or no value. But your soul, your soul has the most value. are we going to allow this enemy of stress to come in and to rule or are we going to let the peace of God, I love that it says it will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus I wrote this down and said this, some of us take care of dirty dishes, laundry chores, spreadsheets, organizing to do lists while our souls go on forgotten And then we wonder why we feel so empty, so exhausted, overwhelmed, and overspent. This is a quote. I love this book, uh, The Ruthless Elimination of of Hurry. A lot of our staff have read this. This kind of swept through our our staff uh, offices. And uh, this is by John Mark Comer. Just such an incredible Uh, quote to end on today for you to just chew on and meditate on and and we'll kind of pick up from where we left off next week right here. But he says this, and I love this, hopefully this will encourage you maybe over this next few days and even into this holiday season. He says, to walk with Jesus is to walk with a slow, unhurried pace. Hurry is the death of prayer and only impedes and spoils our work. It never advances it. I'm to read it one more time. To walk with Jesus is to walk with a slow, unhurried pace, because hurry is the death of prayer and only impedes and spoils our work. It never advances it. I, I want to pray for us today. I want to pray for us, and, and as I do, I want you to, to maybe think through those, those two stressors that we had talked about and kind of evaluate where you're at with those and how, how you're doing with those, the expectations of others, a jam-packed schedule. If that's relating to anybody today, if I'm speaking to you at home, wherever you're at, in your car, on the sofa, in the kitchen, may, maybe you're, you're so hurried right now that you're trying to listen to this while prepping something in the kitchen, I just want you to stop. I, I just want you to stop and take a breath for a moment and remember that you can trust God, that you don't need to fear people because it's a dangerous trap. You don't need to worry about the opinions of others and be controlled by those things or what they say about you or how they value you. But just for a moment, you'd remember what God has to say about you. That that you would take that, that higher position above the stress and above the noise. Maybe take a second, turn off the mixer, turn off the TV. And just sit with the Lord and let him speak your identity over you. Remind you of who you are. Remind you that you're not the opinion of others. That, that you don't have to be controlled or weighed down by the expectations that they've put on you. That you don't have to live under the tyranny of a, of a jam-packed schedule. That God has given you the power to say no. To stop to find rest, to find those moments of prayer throughout the day, to find moments of peace, to let your heart and your mind go to a higher place and meet with Jesus. So let me pray for us. And man, I'm excited to jump into next week as well. Man, you don't wanna miss it. We're gonna talk about a couple more stressors and then really some practical ways of how we combat those things. So let me pray for us. Jesus, we love you. Father, everyone listening, God, I know you love them so much and I know you have a great, great plan for them. And Father, it is not to be ruled by stress. You are not the God of chaos and disorder. You are the God of order and peace. And God, I pray that people in this busy, busy season, that our people watching would find those moments of peace and rest, would create space, Lord, to sit, let let, let the dishes go undone, let the laundry stay unfolded, let the spreadsheet be uncompleted, to maybe turn off the phone for a little while and just sit and be present. Father, that they wouldn't be ruled by the opinions of others, that the expectations that other people heap on us would not crush us, Lord, but we would actually rise above those stressors And Father, that our testimony would be that of Paul, that we could give glory to you because we know we haven't been crushed by those things, Father, but we've overcome those things through your help. God, we pray blessing over this season too. We pray blessing over these dear people watching and we pray all that in Jesus' name. And everyone on the other side of that camera says, amen. Love you guys so much. I'm gonna see you next week. I can't wait to spend that time with you.